I'm personally curious, David, about what is more the art that you make? Is it, I mean, we talked about the difference between like how much are you making art versus how much are you teaching? But Mm -hmm. it sounds like the videos themselves are more so the art than the products that are made in the videos. 100%. Okay. The projects contribute to the art. So I couldn't just do a vlog. I couldn't just make a video of of whatever, I still want to do the woodworking project. I want to make the the physical thing that wasn't there before. Mm-hmm. But for me, I feel I am more comfortable as a video editor than I am a woodworker. Like hmm. when I am making the project, I'm constant, I'm like editing it in my head, like, oh, we need to get this shot, we should do this. I should talk for a little bit, then I should do four steps without talking so there's like there's like a like like a song where there's a chorus yeah. and a verse and there's a dynamic to it and I'm, I'm thinking about that while while shooting so the real art for me is in the video but that that will probably change when i get older when i get older i want to have art shows i want to have stuff in galleries i want to i want somebody to see a piece and immediately know that that is a pachuto Mm-hmm. David Picciuto made that. I'm not there right now, but that's that's my goal, and that's where I want to be in the future. Of everything that you've made for your channel, is there a, a kind of thing that you can see yourself doing that with, like a, a particular type of thing that you would make into art regularly? I like sculptures, and I've done. I I think I've only done two. Mm. One was mostly metal. And then I done recently of a with a found log. I just carved like this the shape. But even though it's it's not functional and it is an art piece, it doesn't it didn't fulfill the need. I think the best art says something or creates emotion. Mm-hmm. So um, I have this friend. He's an artist locally, Josh Byers, and he does these paintings. And usually there's some sort of message in there uh and maybe like anti-consumerism or he he'll just latch on to an idea and but when i see his pieces i feel something and mm. i haven't figured out how to do that with woodworking yet mm. i know i will but and when i say emotion like i like art that offends people i like art that makes you happy when you look at it so um, I need to figure out how to put a message into something made of wood because I still want wood is my favorite material to work with by by far. I've, I feel comfortable with it. How can I turn that into art? That's that's my question for myself. Mm. And I can't take suggestions from anybody. Like it has to be my idea. Mm. But, you know, like if if somebody says, "Well, you you know you 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 could make signs that question." government or whatever out of wood like no 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 that's no longer my idea i have to come up with the idea and i have to execute the idea and i have to like it is there a woodworking technique that you feel you have mastered enough to like then use it to make your own brand no no okay <laughs> no no uh, there, nothing in woodworking i will i say i have mastered okay i've gotten good enough at a lot of techniques to create the piece that I vision, mm-hmm. but nothing within there I have mastered. Mm. There's so much more to learn. What's on the top of your list to learn or to get closer to mastering? Design. That's the hardest. That's the mm. hardest part. Designing something that's unique. If I can draw up something, 
I can figure out how to make it. I can figure out how yeah. to cut it. Even if it's crazy weird angles, I can figure out how to do that. But coming up with unique pieces that is my style and that is a quote unquote pachudo, that's the part I want to master. I, I just, I'm always working on ideas and I always feel like I could be better. But what I should be doing is I should be sketching something every single day, even if it's crap. Mm. Like mm. the, I should be working on that. And like, if you're, if you're a musician, what if you wrote a song every day, you know, yeah, nine out of 10 is going to be crap, but there's going to be some gems in there for sure. At the same time, the musical equivalent to something that I've seen you do a lot, you know, going up to um, antique stores, finding something cool and then figuring out how to make it yourself. When you get back, the musical equivalent to that might just be like, okay, I'm going to listen to a bunch of old jazz records, even though I don't play jazz, and see what kind of influence that might have in me. That might not mean that you write a jazz song, but it mm -hmm. might mean that you are inspired by a melody to the point where, you know, it's like... um back to nirvana about a girl you know the legend goes that it was written after kurt cobain listened to um with the beatles all day long you know and like and you can hear that influence so it's like what can you influence yourself by and yeah you can spend all day designing too and improvising stuff and you know just kind of noodling around on on a guitar or a piano or whatever it is and that's just as helpful but i don't know that one is more more beneficial than the other but um, but I, I certainly like when you do that with your videos of the, the antique stuff. And I think that there's a lot to be gained there as well in, in other disciplines. Yeah, I think um, it, it is okay to try, like force yourself to listen to some jazz records and then pick up something. And, you know, I don't know how to play a ninth chord or a 13th chord, but that's what they're using in this. But maybe I can translate that into something that's a little bit more... Uh, I, I'll turn it into a power chord and I could use yeah. that melody that I heard and that influences what I'm doing. And maybe even if I play the same tempo and the, and, and the, and the same root chord as what I just heard, because I'm playing it because I come from a different background, it sounds completely different than that. So it's okay to right. borrow something like that. Um, I just saw, I just watched a video today. I think it was architect digest. Um, they have a YouTube channel and they, they pick two woodworking artists. They create more art than furniture and mm -hmm. um, said, take this folding outdoor chair, um, just mm -hmm. a cheap Walmart chair and redo it. And so they took off the plastic arms and they made wood arms and they do like the one person used a wood back and got rid of the, the crappy nylon. And they, it was, it was such a cool approach of, and it was like along the same lines of me going to the antique store, finding something and modifying it. Yeah. But this was going to Walmart, getting something new and modifying it. And I was like, I am stealing that idea. And <laughs> that is what I am going to do next week because that was so cool. Why didn't I think of that? And yeah, even though I'll steal that idea, I think I'll still have my spin on it. And, and if I acknowledge, hey, this is where I got the idea, I, it will still be my thing because I'm the only one who would do it this particular way. Mm -hmm. It's like you're doing a cover. It's cool. What's really, that? It's like you're doing a cover. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? like it's, it's yeah. kind of neat. Yeah. I never considered exactly. that in anything except music. That's, that's sick yeah. as hell. <laughs> Uh, or like I, I wish that I had like a way to fabricate certain things sometimes because I'll have an idea and I'm not much of a designer or much of like a make things by hand type of person in my everyday life. But 
for instance, I had an idea for a way to hang my pots and pans in my in my kitchen. I was trying to do a you know a lot with a tiny space, and so but I needed a certain type of S hook, and I went to the I went to Lowe's down the street, and I'm like looking everywhere. I'm like, does this thing exist? And the the frequency with which I have that thought, look, going to a hardware store and wondering, does this exist? And then Googling it, not knowing the right words to <laughs> enter into the search. I'm like, does this thing, finally, I'll, I'll find it. And it's not at all like what I expected it to be used for or man- manufactured for. And I'm just like, I wish that I had a way to just make this. I, um, does this exist? I went through this last week. I had this moment. <laughs> so I'm designing a guitar. I'm going to make a couple electric guitars here in the future. Awesome. And um, there's going to be a couple of videos and a couple different versions of the guitar. One is I want it to be as simple as possible so anybody can make a guitar that is playable. That's okay. That's the goal, mm. right? There's lots of guitar making videos out there, but I want mine to be so like somebody can see it and say, yes, I can do that. So I'm trying to think of like, okay, maybe it just has one pickup. There's no, um, you know, so that's going to, that's going to simplify the wiring a lot. You know, mm-hmm. we could have a, you could just have a pickup go into the input and anybody could wire that if they want to. And I was like, and then I had the thought of like, but what if that pickup slides up and down? And I was like, oh, shit. this is brilliant. This is what, a, what an amazing idea. And I go and Google it. It's a thing. You can find sliding <laughs> guitar pickups all over the place. <laughs> and uh, I was so disappointed that uh, it was already a thing. But most most of the time, you're, if you think, is it a thing? It, it is. <laughs> uh, my, my eyes lit up when you said that because I don't see I don't see that often. If I really dug into my my memory, I might. Yeah, I've probably seen that somewhere, but that's not popular on the market. So but it's a great idea. Yeah, it could be a bridge pickup or a neck pickup, and it just slides and locks into place. And, okay. Yeah. I had no idea that was a thing. But with a slot for both, or is it on a track? So the I, I, I did find a video, and somebody used a drawer slide. Okay. Uh, I don't remember how it locked into place. Maybe it was just, maybe it just kind of stayed put. I don't know if there are manufactured ones mm. but um i was so discouraged after finding it out it was already a thing that i, I stopped <laughs> looking at, looking into it well maybe i really you, thought i was onto something maybe you could find the the simplest possible version of it and then make something yeah. a little bit simpler than that yeah yeah you know? i you know, wonder if like it's just held in by magnets and there's a little groove so you could kind of like underneath the strings kind of pull it out and then drop it into the next one. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. Or, people, or, or would those magnets affect the tone at all? <laughs> well, I've um, seen, yeah, they might, but I've, I think I've seen people use similar things in YouTube videos where they're demonstrating multiple, um, like multiple pickups or multiple different um, hardware, you know, underneath the pick guard. Right. Mm-hmm. And so they'll use magnets or something to kind of, keep it temporarily in place while they show you, okay, this is how this sounds. I don't want to unscrew okay. everything to change everything all out. And so they'll have kind of like little rigs that they've set up to quickly change everything in and out. So hmm. probably you could probably get a lot of good ideas just by watching those like demo videos where people are doing an AB comparison between one piece of hardware oh. and another. 
because the, yeah. they've all made little rigs that'll keep things in place temporarily, but are meant to be taken right back out. Have you have you seen the the video of the guy who basically said like what affects tone and did all these scientific things and it's really it's not it's not <laughs> the wood because uh, in in the guitar making world tone wood is a is a huge deal and sure. there are people who say it has no effect and then there are people who say it does have an effect mm -hmm. and this guy did all all these like he. He strung strings between two steel tables and put a pickup underneath there and was like, see how this sounds? And then you see how this sounds when I do the exact same setup in a body of wood? There's, mm. You know, like, um, it's an amazing video and uh, it changed the way I think about guitar tone. I'll see if I can find it and I'll, set, I'll send you the link. Okay. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, I'm actually, I'm making two guitars now and I'm procrastinating like crazy because I don't want to mess anything up irreparably. But yeah, I, so it's, it's funny. Matt has a friend that is making a Telecaster mm -hmm. and is kind of starting with the electronics and building out from the electronics. And I mm -hmm. did the opposite where I started with the wood and like based on the wood, I went in and, and into the more like micro aspects of it. But so, so I decided, you know, I want to, uh, for the, for the price that I would pay for like one high end guitar, I could build a couple. And so I, I'm building a Strat and I'm building a Tele and for each one, I was like, okay, what kind of wood do I think would suit both of those guitars? And so I looked at what was available and, and who was like selling some really attractive wood grain versions of it. Um, so I'm doing all, all natural wood with sort of appointments that will complement the wood grain itself. And I'm having a lot of fun with it. Just, just shopping around for like the best wood grain that I could find was a lot of fun and costly. <laughs> <laughs> so I think you said you can make two guitars for the price of, of one and the, the DIY world can be the total opposite. Oh, sure. And you know, like, like you could make a guitar that costs thousands of dollars because mm -hmm. if you get into like you, well, you want to get the, the best potentiometers and you want to yeah. this pick up and then you want this wood and, and in the woodworking world, it's always cheaper to buy than it is to make. If you get into woodworking thinking you're going to save yourself money, you, you, you pick the wrong hobby. It's right. always more expensive to make. Well, I, I was specifically looking at like, I was about to buy like a vintage guild for like two, two grand. And then I was like, wait mm -hmm. a second for like a little over a grand, I could probably build two guitars. I was wrong about that. Like all, all told it's, it's going to be cause I'm buying like some boutique pickups and stuff like that. So it's going to cost a little bit more than I expected it to. But yeah, I was just like, you know, I would like versatility and instead of finding that in one guitar you know especially one vintage guitar um i'm just gonna build two of my own so is it really building your own though if you don't make the pickups yourself and you um <laughs> bend and, and make your own bridge and everything though like are you really making your own guitar or are you just cutting some wood well see i don't know that i care about i mean i know that you're joking too but i don't know that i care about like, am I the one doing all the shaping and everything? Because ultimately putting this thing together will make me better at fixing it in the future. Will make me better at yeah. like doing yeah. my own repair work that will save me money. 
that will also maybe put me in a room with like some other luthiers who I can have good conversations with and, and start a good community with or start friendships with. So like, that's the thing that's more important to me. Absolutely. Is that I don't want to do every single step of the design because I know that I wouldn't be good at it and I want to end up with a playable <laughs> instrument. <laughs> yeah. So what's more important there? Is it like me trying to foster my own skills and get better at something that I, that I like and care about and want to be good at in the future? Or is it more important that I don't let anybody else into that process who has had any creative say over the process? Have you seen yeah. the the movie It Might Get Loud? Yeah. With Jeff. Yeah. So at the beginning of that, when Jack White nails uh, oh, the, the cigar nail box. into a board. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I've wanted to recreate that video for forever now, where <laughs> I just make the world's simplest guitar and I just take a pickup, I nail it to a board, and I run a string across it, and then just turn that into a video. But that's like a guitar build can be as simple as a board and some nails and with a guitar string or as complex as, as you want it, where you're winding your own pickups. So it's, it's about fulfillment. Like, where do you, you know, where do you want to draw the line and what's, what's going to make you happy? Yeah. And one of the things for me was, you know, if I'm making a Stratocaster and a Telecaster, the reason that I went with headstocks that, that were just blank paddles was, I'm going to feel more fulfilled if I at least put my own spin on that part. Is and there so, a blank pedal behind you? Yeah. Uh, uh, okay. Yeah, hang on. I'll show you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. yeah I, I got a bunch of like scrap wood in the other room that I need to practice on before I even touch this. But uh, yeah. It's, yeah. it's too precious right now. It's too precious. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was just saying it, it was important to me that like I put my own spin on that. Like I want there to be mm-hmm. some uniqueness to like my personal preferences, my personal style that won't stop me from playing a strap body, but it will inspire me to make my own headstock and make it a little bit my own, you know? Yeah. yeah. And that's something that's important to me with uh, with DIY is anything is that it's not going to be a cookie cutter thing. You know, it's something that you can put a little bit of your own stamp on while learning and while giving yourself the opportunity to be in community and maybe network with other people who are doing the same thing and, you know, give yourself a, that's the purpose of a hobby, you know, exactly. Personal fulfillment and get yourself into a community of people who can teach you. Yeah. Well, we've kept you for a while now. So, uh, anything that you want to plug coming up? Nothing in particular. Just check out my channel, uh, youtube.com slash make something. And most of your audience is musicians, correct? I would assume so. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so hopefully this summer there will be an acoustic guitar build and an electric guitar build and probably a couple of each. So I got this box or I got this book called the box makers guitar, but it's basically, it's like, Acoustic guitar making is one of the more advanced mm-hmm. instruments that you can make with all the curves. But in this book, it shows you like a simplified version. Like it doesn't have to be curved. You could make an acoustic guitar in a box form mm-hmm. and then start here. So I might want to, I think I want to do one of those projects to kind of get my feet wet mm. and then then make all the molds and everything for an actual acoustic guitar. And then um, that that one will probably be later. I think I'm going to do the electric first. I want to do an electric guitar 
one with traditional woodworking tools. When I say traditional, I mean table saws and 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 jigsaws and that. And then I okay. want to do one that's on the CNC. So mm. you could make an you could make an entire guitar by drawing it up on the computer and having a machine cut out for you. So I want to in the guitar making electric guitar making community, there are those two camps of like your traditional way and then digital tools. And so I want to I want to approach the same guitar both ways. That's cool. And of course, the older generation is probably <laughs> scoffing at the CNC. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Although um, I am on some um, Facebook guitar builder groups, and there are, are plenty of the older generation now who are getting into CNCs to do the, the complicated, like next stuff. Some things are actually just easier to not use a CNC and to just, sure. it's, it's quicker and easier to cut it by hand. But next, next can be complicated with trust rods and all that and so sure, it's, yeah. it's cool it's cool to see more people embrace digital technology because mm-hmm. it's i love that stuff as much as the regular woodworking tools it's hard to turn it into an interesting video mm-hmm. at least for me it is others have done it well i it's like most of the time is spent drawing on the computer like a cnc is not just you push a button and the machine cuts it out for you you spend hours and hours learning how to use the machine and then hours and hours of yeah. drawing up the projects. How do I turn that into an interesting video? So I, I don't show the CNC and the digital tools as much as I want to, just because I haven't figured out how to make that entertaining yet. Mm-hmm. I think my dad wrote the instruction manuals for those. I don't know much about them, but really? like back in the day, yeah, I remember going to his work when I was a kid and they were developing one of the first ones. And he was like, yeah, check this out. Like I wrote the manual you can make, he made us a 3d block of cheese. <laughs> that's amazing like, yeah, it'll print out in this machine and i was like, blown away by it like wow. i had no idea i still am blown away by it i have no idea how the hell any of it works it's just the cool well, that's amazing thing, but... <laughs> how about that wow yeah small world uh okay so i have to know what is your preferred tone wood for an electric guitar or an acoustic guitar or both. Well, I just I just sent you the link on how oh. tone wood doesn't matter um so <laughs> <laughs> um Give, give me give me five seconds. I'll be right back, and I'm going to show okay. you my favorite tone wood. All right. This guitar is made out of fiberglass. This is my uh. favorite tone wood. <laughs> um, <laughs> this is a 1964 Supro Reso glass that once belonged yeah. to Joe Walsh. Oh, the, wow. oh wow! Joe Joe Walsh actually owned this guitar at one time. That's cool. And. It's hollow. I've taken it apart. There's a piece of pine that goes down the middle, but the outside is this plasticky fiberglass stuff. Yeah. And it's very, it's very basic. It's what Jack White used. It's, mm. it's similar to what Jack White used in the white stripes. Yeah. Um, okay. And I didn't have a bass player, so it makes sense why he would use a guitar like that. Um, crazy story. Like I didn't, <laughs> I was in, I was in, uh, I was in a band 20 years ago and, but I didn't own my own guitar. And my dad thought that was just crazy. How can you be in a band and you don't even own a guitar? I had to borrow guitars for practice and and shows. So my dad's like, let's go find you a guitar. And so we drove to Cleveland and I knew I wanted something vintage. That's that's all I wanted. And I was huge in the White Stripes. This is 2002-ish maybe. And um, we walked into this place called Heights Guitar in Cleveland. And I saw that guitar instantly and i knew what it was and i was like that's the one and the the guy working there he was like 
hey man, we're closing. Um, we're gonna have to kick you out here real soon. And I was like, okay. And I went and played the guitar and he comes over and he's like, uh, and the guitar is listed at $575, I think. And we're gonna pay it. This is the guitar I want. He's like, he's like, I'm serious. I, you know, this is my last day at work. I hate this effing place. I just want to get out of here. Will you buy the guitar for $300? and get out right now i was like yes please um so uh and then uh he's like do you want a case for it i'm like yes and he's like pick any pedal that you want out of this glass case i hate this job this place can suck it i'm not like it was what and um so like and he's like oh yeah by the way joe walsh used to own that guitar and i was like Oh, he must have owned something similar. And he's like, no, Joe Walsh used to own that guitar. Uh, he sold it to a kid. <laughs> this is all a true story. And uh, he's like, Joe Walsh sold it to a guy named Michael Stanley. He had the Michael Stanley band in the 70s, which is somewhat known. And uh, and then Michael Stanley sold it to Heights Guitar. And so get the guitar, I take it back home. And I, I absolutely love this thing. And my stepdad, not my dad who was with me, but my stepdad who does play guitar, he was like, we got to contact this Michael Stanley and find out the history of this guitar. Michael Stanley was a DJ in Cleveland at the time. So my stepdad emailed him, said, hey, my stepson bought this guitar. Do you know anything about it? And he's like, oh, yeah. Um, you know, Joe Walsh and I were buds back in the day. He traded the guitar to me for some pedals. I had it for a little bit, wasn't using it anymore. So I sold it to Heights Guitar. And now I have this guitar that was once owned by Joe Walsh for 300 bucks and I was going to pay $575 for it. It was just like, I would love oh, to meet God. the guy that quit that day. Cause he, he, he changed my life. It was, it was absolutely amazing. That's awesome. <laughs> That's incredible. And that was your first guitar? No, okay. I had a guitar. Uh, uh, I've I destroyed them. We um, yeah. <laughs> we used to pretend like we were the Who and yeah. Nirvana and sure. Smash yeah. stuff. That happens. Um, yeah, um, yeah. But they were all right PV guitars. Okay. Like you know, whatever PV guitars cost in uh, in the in the late nineties, but it was only yeah. a couple hundred bucks or whatever. So yeah. a paycheck. Um, so that was actually my first nice guitar. Okay. And then behind me is a Reverend and mm-hmm. a Reverend bass. Um, that's a company that's based out of here in, in Toledo. So cool. I bought the Reverend because I like the way they look and it was Toledo. And then the bass, I, I made them a sign in trade for that Mike Watt bass. Nice. That's cool as hell. Yeah. Those are, those yeah. are slick. I like those. Our friend Trevor plays one. He'll be happy to hear that. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, so, the, so Tonewood doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently. Apparently. According to this video that I sent you. Yeah, I, I've got it open in a new tab, but so it, it does. But does he argue on an electric or on an acoustic? Because acoustic, you could definitely hear a difference. At least electric, in my ear. yeah, he, yeah, yeah, okay, he's electric. Yeah. All right. So, do you have a favorite acoustic tone wood, or do you have something in mind that you're curious about for this summer with your builds? I've, so here's the thing: I've never been too concerned about tone. Um, okay. I feel like I'll just play with whatever I have, and I'll turn that into my sound. So I never search out a guitar for mm. its tone but the wood that i bought for the acoustic guitar it's a it's a pine wood but it's the specialty pine wood i can't remember what it's called and mm. it said you should use this this is what's common in these types of guitars and i couldn't find it locally so i had to order um this this wood off of ebay but i've been sitting on this wood for a couple of years now and i haven't made a guitar i gotta just get off my butt and actually do it but i'm not 
really concerned about tone, like whether okay. it, it's it's crap or or good. I will record with it um, yeah. because it's all subjective. It's all whatever you want it to be. So, however the instruments sound when they're done is that's how they will sound. And that's it's also the reason I kind of like the idea of having just a single pickup and a guitar because mm. this guitar and maybe even no tone knob, maybe a volume or just an on off switch. And so this guitar always sounds like this guitar. So no matter yeah. when it, you know, the only thing you could do is change the strings and uh, and run it through different amps and pedals and stuff. So I like the idea of a guitar just being what it is. I do too. And you know what? That's DIY as fuck. <laughs> Yeah, that is DIY as fuck. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs>